And so a qualified speaker and a qualified listener, Rupa Goswami said, oh, how much nectar is found in the two syllables of Krishna. So they cannot measure that. Hmm? It, when it vibrates on the tongue, it enters the ear and then comes down and ants dances in the heart and causes the senses to be unable to function in relation to sense objects for the purposes of their own. Hmm? This is what it means to be a real teacher is a real problem because if the name of Krishna is dancing in the courtyard of the heart, then <laughs> you've got a real problem. It's hard to relate to the world. And you cannot take advantage. He said, I cannot take it if I wish, he said, at this time, when Krishna Nam is dancing in the courtyard of my heart, all I can pray for is millions of tongues and millions of ears to take advantage of those two syllables. Hmm? This is why we need all of you. Hmm? This is the idea. Guru has a problem. Hmm? What to do? Need more ears. Need more tongues. Hmm? This is how Sukadeva is feeling. And he's got got a good company of Raj, the king. Hmm? The king. He's given up everything. Right? For this. So, let's see here. Where are we? Hmm. So Sukadev speaks. He, of course, he glorifies the sage, uh, the, the king, I should say. Um, he says, "You called me." Really, he says, "You called me the best of this, of the sadhus, Muni, Satama, and I call you Raj, Rajarshi Satama, the best of the kings, hmm. as real wealth, huh? love for Krishna." And he begins, he says, Bumir dripta nripa bhyaja daityanika satayuktai. It's a once upon a time story. Once upon a time. Once beyond time. Something happened within time. Hmm? And it's very extraordinary, he says. The earth was overburdened by um, materialistic uh, thinking. Hmm? This is a problem for the earth, hmm? as we know today. Hmm? It's really kind of a simple math, I would think. There's only so many resources. <laughs> And uh, if the whole economy, at least the capitalist economy, is based on greed, then it's kind of a problem. <laughs> um, you can look for those Earth-like planets out there, in those other galaxies or whatnot. But there are ways away, in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, the kind of environmental crisis that he's talking about here. It's a little different than ours, but the same idea. There's a, there's a predominance of the materialistic uh, type of um, thinking hmm, that yada yada hi dharma siglanir when there's dharma siglanir hmm, they're not he says I come hmm. so at this time earth was overburdened 
And he says many people who were dressed like kings, but they really weren't hmm, uh, proper leaders. Sounds it sounds familiar. Um, so it, you know, it's a moment in time. It's, a, it's supposed to be like a, uh, a trans-historical <laughs> moment under the influence of Swarup Shakti, and uh, it will be seen and experienced by uh, devotees hmm. uh, again and again as this appearance of Krishna reappears hmm. uh, again and again in the world. But as I said earlier, this Janmasmi is really about Krishna coming into our lives. It's really the first part here uh, of the narrative is is an explanation of, of diksha, of initiation, and, and the whole... Um, culture of, of, of sadhana bhakti. Hmm? The story becomes more complex, as we'll see. Theologically, it becomes much more complex as we go forward, when we find there's an avatar and there's avatari, both. Avatari means the source of the avatar, and the avatar is not Narayan avatar, but Krishna avatar. Hmm? There's, the, there's the descent of Krishna, and then there's the descent of the source of all Krishna's descents. Pretty complex. So we go forward. This is just the beginning, and here we find what? The earth has a problem, hmm? and what happens? So the earth assumed the form of a cow, and very much distressed, with tears in her eyes, she appeared before Brahma and told him about her misfortune. Hmm? So the earth became a cow. How nice. Hmm? You see? In the subjective worlds, so many things can happen. <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> uh, and go means cow. And go means earth, also. Both things. Hmm. So, And they're both thought of, in this sense, as, as givers also. The earth is bearing the burden of all of us walking and providing so, many, so much vegetation and so forth, and space and whatnot. It's a big giver. Hmm? It's not really asking anything in return. And the cows are thought also in this way to be givers. They take grass and it grows even on concrete, practically. You can see in the cities, between, between it finds its way between the cracks. So it's not hard to come by. But the product that comes from the, from the grass is so rich, the milk. And it's abundant also. Hmm? I have a lot of experience there. The, the, the calf, the cow, produces way more milk than the calf can drink. Won't be healthy even for the calf. So, a giver for practically nothing and a little affection and so forth, then she affectionately flows with milk. So here the earth has taken a form of a cow and is in a distressed condition, just from a dharmic point of view, is very inauspicious. Hmm? If the cow is distressed, this is, this is a huge problem, because the, the meeting of the, ma- the cow and humans, this is um, civilization. It's said that we're not sure whether the cows, humans domesticated the cows or the cows domesticated the humans. Hmm? If they were hunters and gatherers, the cow said, don't kill me, take care of me. Hmm? And, st- and I'll give you milk all year round. Hmm? And my husband will, t- will teach you how to grow food by 
by going like this <laughs> on the soil and so forth and tilling it. Hmm? And then you can grow things. Hmm? And you can have milk. And you can go from hunting and gathering to, to agriculture, cultivation. Cows very smart like this. Says, Use your intelligence, you're a human being. Hmm? And I'll help you. So this meeting between the cow and the human society, uh, this is the beginning of the civilization. And it's a good deal, I mean, properly done, because the, the, the cow provides considerable for the humans, and, and the humans provide considerable for the cow. They don't have to go and, and, and be at risk hmm, of predators and so forth. They're protected and taken care of. It's a very, very nice idea. So... Uh, and it's, of course, this is an agrarian-based society, not an industrial-based society. Hmm. People think, well, you know, sure, that'd be fine, but how are we going to feed all the people? We need an industrial society. We need Monsanto to feed everybody. Hmm. The other side of it is you don't need everybody. It's a lot of people. And, and, and the perfection of life and the meaning of our, the film, fulfillment of our human life is, is not just uh, um, procreation. That's a part of it. Hmm? It used to be more of a practical thing, right? We need a couple of kids. <laughs> we got we got things to do around here. <laughs> so now it's, not, I think I'll have a kid, you know. <laughs> Let him do whatever he wants. You know? <laughs> right? That's a problem. <laughs> Just as long as he's happy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, so, anyway, the earth there became a cow and, and a distressed cow. So this is, from a Dharma point of view, is a big problem. And Brahma is really upholder of Dharma. He's the, the pinnacle of morality. It's said that if you follow the moral standards of, of, of the sacred texts and lead a religious life perfectly for a hundred lifetimes, you can become a Brahma. Of course, the Gita says, Abrahma bhubana loka punaravartino arjana mamu petetakunteya punarjanmana abhidite. Gita says, you can become a Brahma, that's okay. Brahmas have to die too. But if you come to me, hmm? there's, there's no return. There's no, there's no return to birth and death. That's a different thing. Hmm? And that's not going to be arrived at, as I said earlier, by religion. Hmm? Religion is some kind of a bargaining. It's a very kind of a childish thing. Um, it's, you know, kids always want to give me, I want, I want, I want. Something like that. So this is the idea of religion. There's some something to get out of it. Hmm? Morality is not the sum and substance of spirituality by any stretch of the imagination. I liken it to be to being in a cage, hmm? from animality to humanity. So we train the human right, to be gentle, to be civilized, hmm? to start to to be human and start to give, do something voluntarily, make a sacrifice, say please, say you first, something like this. Gratitude, this is possible in, in human dress. The self is coming out to the point that it can feel itself, and it's a lover by nature. And love is born, as I say often, from the womb of sacrifice. So, 
if you take a wild animal, you know, you want to train and they put them in a zoo or something, they put them in a cage and then give them a little food. So I'm not recommending that, but, but morality is something like that. Being in a cage, there are laws and rules and you can only do so much because, because under yourself, what would you do? You would cause problems and so forth. Hmm? But that, that door is supposed to open at some point. It's supposed to be able to come out. Hmm? The spiritual life is for coming out of the cage of morality. Therefore, from Dharma Jignas, who inquiry about Dharma and all that it means to be a righteous human being, hmm? we should inquire about Brahman, what it means to be spiritual. Hmm? That's another thing. From Dharma Jignas, who inquiry about religion, to inquiry about spiritual life. Brahma Jignasu to Rasa Jignasu. Of course, if you have good association, you can begin with Rasa Jignasu. That's possible. What is Rasa? Hmm? That is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It had a lot of good association. <laughs> immediately, if you have if you have good association, immediately you can have the appetite to devour the rich diet of the tenth canto of Bhagavatam without any indigestion. Hmm? It's possible. Hmm? Doesn't happen all the time. Possible, and it will result in that in due course. Hmm? As I say, Sukadeva Prichard has that kind of eagerness. So, at any rate, here the cow is seen, the earth is in the form of the cow, and in the end, she's distressed. And Brahma, the, the personification of religiousness, and Vidhi, his name is Vidhi, so he follows all the moral rules very, 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 very nicely. Hmm? Um, he generates the, the sacred Veda and so forth. The laws for the world. Hmm. Uh, speaking about its purpose, a sacral universe, a universe of, with a dharma, with a purpose. And its purpose, its central purpose is sacrifice, sacrifice. That by giving, you grow. That it's, it's, it's different in the way we think the world would work. By taking, we would get ahead. That's the math of it. Hmm. But the reality is that when we give, we grow. Hmm. And we become bigger. We don't become fatter, but we become bigger. Hmm? And people feel that we're bigger. Hmm? And our, our sense of identification extends as we give from, from family to nation, nation to world. Hmm? And we go and up and up. Hmm? To give is to receive, to be selfish is unbecoming. These are, you know, just common sense things that, uh, that are uncommon hmm? in terms of being applied and Gaudivashtam means to apply them fully. That's what Goloka means. Hmm? Once I was with Pujapachita Marsh, and he said to me, you want to know what the Goloka Vrindavan said, go to the Howrah train station in Calcutta. I don't know if you've ever been there. Prabhupada used to call it the armpit of the universe. <laughs> when the train pulls up, I mean, I don't know, I've been there a long time, but when the train pulls up, it's like... You know, it's not a cattle stampede. It's that, that would be put it mildly to get in the train. Right? He said, "Go to the Howard Station if you want to understand what is Vrindavan, and imagine that everything was reversed. And as soon as the train pulled up, everybody said, "You first, no, you first, yeah, like that." How different this is the material world and the spiritual world, something like that. Hmm? Hmm. <laughs> so I guess I say, as I say, these are not like. It's like the book knowledge. This is common sense. We all accept this. We all intuitively understand this because we experience it. Hmm? On some level, when we give, even if we attach getting to the giving, and even if we give in a place that isn't capable of fully receiving what we give, still the giving we grow by. 
So that's the secret of life, right? That we grow by giving. Now we have to hone that and learn how to give without expectation of return and find a place to give that can take completely. And by taking, can transform what has been taken such that it can be distributed everywhere in a way that no other part could do. The center can do that. This is the idea of Krishna. That's why Krishna is depicted as the enjoyer. Hmm? Somebody told one of my students sometime back that a Christian fellow, we have the real religion and a real God because our God is a sacrificer. Your God is a playboy. It's like <laughs> obvious. <laughs> and I said, well, it's true that Christ is the emblem of sacrifice. But who is he sacrificing for? There has to be someone who's enjoying it. Bhuktaram jagatapasam sarvaloka on the other end. That is Krishna. Hmm? Hmm. And it's only ugly and unbecoming if he's not really a center. Hmm? But he is, and so he looks like this. And he takes, and when he takes, it's digested, like the stomach digests and sends the food everywhere, like no other part of the body can. Hmm? So anyway, Brahma, he sees the situation. He's, like I say, religious religion personified. Hmm? And um, he sees that Dharma is in distress, the earth is is burdened. Hmm? Brahma's interesting and peculiar person. And he is kind of a sky god, if you will, in modern terminology uh, in some circles. And uh, a, uh, he's, he's made out of nature, hmm? Even as he models nature, he's made out of nature. Hmm? And he and the different gods, they, in one sense, appear to be projections of our own psychology. They are representations of our own microcosmic psychology in the macrocosm. So there's a creative urge in us. He's the creative principle in, in nature, if you will, personified. And, and his power to create is also a somewhat, well, let's say it's, it's enhanced hmm, and turned on by the God who's the maker of nature, if you will, even though it's not made at any point in time. But um, this is the categorical kind of difference between the gods with the small g and the capital um, g, hmm? Vishnu. Hmm? And so Brahma, who's... The creator hmm, sees that the earth, in terms of its purpose, hmm, as a, within the, the this, this sacred idea of universe, the earth has a very special place hmm, in the Vedic text. After all, Krishna's coming to the earth, as I said. Hmm, he's from the moon, <laughs> moon's from the earth, as we explained earlier. Hmm. Moon dynasty, moon comes from the earth. Hmm. He, in his form of Vishnu, he's the maintainer. This is sattva. And Brahma is rajas, the creative urge. Shiva is tamas, the destructive urge. So we have these things in our psyche. We have the creative sensibilities, destructive sensibilities. Um, um, we have clarity. We have mm, the uh, need to be somebody. Mm, the need to um, space out. This is Thomas, Rajas, Sattva, and so forth. And all aspects of our psychology 
that's that's that psychology that mind stuff is 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 like a microcosm of the macrocosm of mind stuff so as we said earlier today there's something called mind it's not just between your ears or something like that there's psychic matter hmm? it's a fantastic uh, world to explore hmm? no doubt people mistake it for spirituality as it's so well, mystical comparatively, and and, and 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 you can walk through walls and stuff like that, type of a thing. Uh, so, so this is a, a, the, 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 this is the idea of the gods and the goddesses. They reside in such in mind stuff, and it corresponds with our psyche. Hmm? So Brahma's of this nature, and personified, he's the he's the urge for creation. But also in the Bhagavad, we see. He's also a devotee, so he he dovetails his creative propensity. Hmm? He says it right in the in the in his original discussion with Krishna, when he first had a, performed the sacrifice in meditation, and Krishna appears before him at the dawn of creation. He says, "I want to go about my work of creation in such a way that I won't that I but at the same time I'll be able to cultivate friendship with you." Hmm? Hmm. So he's also a devotee in the Bhagavat. Hmm? And so, naturally, even more so, he's concerned about dharma. But what does he do? Then he goes, as is described here, with the other gods hmm, to the shore of the ocean of milk. Hmm. Where is that? Right. He said, and Vishnu is lying in the side of the, in, the, in the ocean of milk. Hmm. Milk is thought to be it's cow's milk, by the way. <laughs> milk is thought to be uh, affection. Hmm? It says to us that that Vishnu lives in an island surrounded by affection. Hmm? To go there, you have to go by affection. I mean, you can say, yes, if you put oxytocin in the cow, then she'll let down her udder and milk will come out. And uh, You can explain it that way, too. Hmm? But that's a very, like, flatland, you know, the earth is flat type of <laughs> explanation of things that denies the reality of our emotional um, selves and so forth in our, in our reasoning that has meaning and that we have causal efficacy and, and so on and so forth. It's a very unimaginative, uh, like I call it, the flat, it's a glorified earth is flat society. Hmm? Um, no. The cow has affection for the calf, and affection is, is is coming out in the form of the milk. In the Braj Lila, we talked a little bit earlier about Satvikabhava's involuntary ecstasies manifesting in the in the in the, the, the subjective meditative spiritual bodies of the devotees in the in the Lila of Krishna. And they're eightfold, right? But there's a ninth one also. Ninth one. Involuntary ecstasy, and it pertains only to vatsalya rasa, parental love for Krishna. Hmm? That is, flowing of milk from Mother Yasoda's breast, hmm? for Jashodanandana. Hmm? All the movements, ecstasy there, either voluntary or involuntary. The clouds there, they don't rain, they cry hmm? in ecstasy. It's a land where, this, well, as I said, the, 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 the walking is dancing, the talking is singing, what must be the singing, what must be the dancing there. Hmm. 
Vajay Shveta Advipam Tamahom Golokam Iti Yam. Very rare to, to find a person who knows about that place. And that Mahabhu was making that available so widely. This is an extraordinary dispensation. Hmm? So Brahma goes to the ocean of milk and that's where he finds Vishnu there. Brahma communicated with him. He had antardarshan of Krishna at the dawn of creation. So the gods knew that. So they accompany him and say, you, you, you talk to him. Hmm? It's, a, it's a maintenance issue. Hmm? <laughs> Shiva says, I'm the destroyer. You know, you're the creator. <laughs> it's a maintenance issue. And, and what's being maintained? Dharma is being maintained. This is the idea of maintenance. This is the idea of the strength and maintenance, maintain that the, the, the sacrifice goes on, that sacrifice is seen to be the, uh, the known to be the, that by which we move progressively in life. Hmm? That giving is, is the getting. This is mysterious because it would seem mathematically or logically that if you give, you would have less. But life isn't, doesn't work like that. It works just the opposite. You give and you get more and you grow. Hmm? Hmm. This is nothing like you know. We have we experience this every day, so this is not a big lesson to be learned. Hmm? Hmm. Listen to yourself. This is this is very simple. Reflect on this, this whole idea of the Vedanta. It all comes out of these sages. They reflected on their experience, which I said earlier is all we really have. Hmm? We don't even know if there's a, a world out there. So they just reflected on their experience, and the whole thing is coming out of experience, which is the ultimate way of knowing. Whatever you experience, it will be very difficult for me to tell you it's otherwise. Hmm? Experience is the ultimate praman, or evidence, if you will. And we are a unit of experiential reality. That's what we are. We just have to build on that, on what experiences are possible. Hmm? If we if we have the capacity to love, now we need a significant other, consciousness other, hmm? to interact with. So there's movement in transcendence, right? this interaction, the movement that love is. Love is two becoming one and staying two at the same time. I have take your heart for mine, you take my heart for yours. You bother about my things, my desires. I bother about your desires. Hmm? Hmm. when uh, uh, Radha says those who say I love you they know nothing about love Ugh. because in, I love you means there's you and then there's me in love there's just the two of us you become me I become me. we don't know the difference there's this melting hmm? this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was this is that meeting that union of Radha and Krishna where they cannot distinguish who is who. They come out of it, and Krishna's wearing Radha's shawl, and <laughs> and then the cowherds, they've got to change that around before somebody sees that. Hmm? In the village, they're not supposed to be something like this. But this coming together, this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is. And then the dispensation of that. Hmm? Hmm? So a land of affection. Hmm? Hmm? He goes to the shore of the ocean of milk and he communicates from the heart within hmm, with Vishnu. Hmm? He had experience. And he gets a reply hmm, what to do, with, how to deal with the situation. And he says, Vishnu says, I'm coming. Hmm? 
I will rectify the situation. I will come. And my expansion will come. Hmm? And my energy will come. My, my, my Swarup Shakti. My Yoga Maya. Hmm? It's an interesting juxtaposition of words. Yoga and Maya. We usually do yoga to God of Maya. Hmm? But this is Yoga Maya. Hmm? This, is, <laughs> this is a yoga of, 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 of illusion. Hmm? It's, it, 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 it means ultimately... The, the idea, that the forgetfulness, which is kind of ignorance, a divine ignorance, that Krishna's God is unknown to them. Hmm? The players in the, in the drama of Krishna Lila, because if he was God, then they couldn't, they might, they'd say, oh my God, they could not get close to him. Hmm? No. They heard he was God, and some people think he's God, and that, that's cool. But he's my friend, really. He's my lover. He's my. This is the, their their feeling, their experience. Hmm? So he says, this yoga maya, hmm? it makes my lilas hmm? what they are, like the stage hand or, or orchestrating, hmm? um, following me like a shadow, whatever is my desire, making it happen, something like that. This shakti will come. And my expansion will come. My expansion means Balaram. He was mentioned earlier. Balaram will come. Three of us will come. Hmm? And he, Brahma, he, he told Brahma, and Brahma, tell the devas to come too, to assist me. Hmm? Means the denizens of heaven will come. Tell them to come. So who's coming? Because he's talking to Brahma. Hmm? And Indra's there with him and, and Shiva at the, at, the, at the shore of the ocean. He means the denizens of heaven. It means let the people in heaven who got there by bhakti, by not perfecting their bhakti. Krishna says in the Gita, oh, don't do religion. Don't do that. It's so hard. <laughs> there are so many rules. <laughs> there are so many rules. And, and the results that you get for following them all are temporary. Hmm? And so you go up and then you go down, up and down. Don't trouble yourself with that. That's for less intelligent people, he said. Don't worship the gods. Hmm? They're for less intelligent people. Hmm? Don't believe in them, he says. Krishna says, don't believe in the gods. Don't have faith in them. Because that's having faith in the, in the prospect of material prosperity, material progress. Is there like, that's an oxymoron, material progress. It's like going up you know, the down escalator, moving in the quicksand. Hmm? is believe in me. Hmm? I'm like you, or you're like me. We're consciousness constituted. Hmm? We're not about things, or about getting away from things. Hmm? Hmm? So he says what in the Gita? He says that in the beginning, he says to Arjun, look, really here's the bottom line. You're right about some of the points that you made. You said, you know, if this happens, what will become of the world? You know, what will happen if this war goes on? It'll be a problem. I said, anyway, let's not talk about that. You're not the body. Hmm? So what are you talking about? Hmm? Let's get that point straight. After he makes his point on that, he says, then he goes back and says, yeah, but, you know, okay, you were a little bit right about the Dharma stuff. Hmm? There, there could be problems. But there are always problems with <laughs> Dharma. Hmm? Oh, there are always problems. It is a problem. 
Even if you perfect it, you've got a big problem. Hmm? You're going to live for a long time in heaven, and then you're going to, your, your karma is going to exhaust, and then back you come again. So it's a problem from beginning to end. It's just a struggle. Hmm? Don't do it. He says, indeed, hmm? you can kill all these people. Take it from me. And there'll be no reaction whatsoever if you have to do that in the context of spiritual pursuit. It's a very heavy statement. Hmm? The difference between spiritual culture and religious culture. Hmm? He says you can kill the whole world if if doing that would save your soul, would, would, would bring the self out. Hmm? So the pursuit, you understand the principle, but by understanding that your consciousness does not matter, hmm, then you can do no harm. Hmm? And then you're in a position to make a union with the absolute, whose consciousness not matter. And then at the end of his whole discourse on yoga, at the end of the sixth chapter, near the end, what does he say? Arjuna says, look, if I take up this yoga, like I might not be successful, and I've given up the dharma, then what? Hmm? I've given up the religious orientation for a spiritual experiential orientation, but if I'm unsuccessful there, then what will become of me? Krishna said, don't think like that. Don't think like that at all. He said, if you are imperfect in your yoga, hmm, you go to heaven. You will attain a position that by religion you can only attain, as I said earlier, of a hundred lifetimes of perfect execution of the religious dharma. You could go there. Hmm? At least as a Brahma. Hmm? Or you got to be really good at it in a couple of lifetimes to go there. But by doing yoga imperfectly, you can go there. Hmm? Imperfectly practicing spiritual life, you can get the result of perfectly practicing the, practicing the moral life. I'm not advocating immorality here. I mean, <laughs> we have a morality. Morality is if it's favorable for bhakti, we'll do it. If it's unfavorable for bhakti, we won't do it. And you'll find it makes you a pretty good person, too. Hmm? Hmm. Bhakti's nice. Krishna's nice. Hmm? Hmm. So there are some people who didn't perfect their yoga. Hmm? They're in heaven. Hmm? And Krishna says, now I'm, I'm going to come to the world. And they let them come down from heaven and participate in my lila. Hmm? So that they can pursue vatsalirasa, hmm? sakirasa, and Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? Very special people. Hmm? They come. They participate in the Leela. This way it goes forward. Hmm? With them and with others who are coming from perfecting their yoga. Hmm? Perfecting their bhakti. Hmm? Having attained Surup Siddhi, they take birth in the Leela. Hmm? This is a meeting point between the world, between time and the temporal and the eternal. Hmm? Hmm. A very special place. This is what this, this part of the Lila here is about, this, this meeting place. Hmm? Perfection of sadhana bhakti, perfecting the sadhaka deha. Hmm? So here's how it begins. Go, go, he goes to the shore of the milk and ocean and he calls, the Vishnu says, I'm coming, and then now the story of how he comes begins. And what time is it? 10.13. Okay, so now we're going to hear the next part. Hmm? 
how we, how he comes. He said he would come, so he's going to appear. He's going to appear in the night. Hmm. Hmm. And with a little rain also. Hmm. And uh, there's a little build-up to that appearance that uh, is very interesting. We'll, we'll connect with that next, but this takes us to a very much more complex theological uh, discussion because Krishna is being born here hmm, in Mathura, but he's also being born in Vrindavan. This is the Krishna avatar. And the, the avatari is taking birth under very different circumstances in Vrindavan. Here we see the difference between Vaidhi Bhakti hmm, and Rag Bhakti. Hmm. One difficult, easier than Dharma, but it's difficult, other very easily. Hmm. And without, without struggle. But how to qualify for that? That is the question. So anyway, we come to that next. Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavad Ki Jai Shri Krishna Janavastami Ki Jai Gaur Bhaktabindu Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi Jai